You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another episode of the show today. And on today's show, we're going to finally wrap up our spring positional previews. We've been able to listen to a lot of what the media or a lot of what the the coaches have been saying, and that has been a really good opportunity for us to get some insight as to how certain positions are developing, how certain players are developing. But I did want to ultimately wrap up those spring positional previews. We have the defensive line and the specialist covering on today's show just in time for our open spring practice tomorrow. Hopefully you can all make it out there. I am unable to make it out there. I am on dog duty and in Denver, Colorado, so not exactly easy. And there's also a blizzard here, so definitely not making it out, but I'm definitely jealous of all of you who are making out excited to see um, the turnout for that. Before we get into the show today, just a reminder that the Elevate program hosted by Frank Garza is taking place April 20th. So starting next Tuesday, Three one-and-a-half-hour sessions, $125 per attendee. Um, you're not going to want to miss this. We talked to Frank a couple weeks back about the Elevate program and, and the mental side of Luca's game and, and how that has really impacted Luca, how it impacted Bakari. Um, I can personally attest to just after going through level one of how it has impacted me and what and how I have pursued certain goals and how successful I've been in my pursuits due to the lessons I learned during the Elevate program. So definitely check that out if you're interested. $125 starting Tuesday, April 20th, and you can go to sportshood.net to sign up today. So that being said, a lot of news and notes also around Iowa Hawkeye football, basketball, and alums. Want to talk a little bit first uh, about Duke Slater because he has finally been inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. We are going to go a little bit more in depth on this next week, probably the week after, actually right before the ceremony. But just phenomenal that Duke Slater um, finally inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, amazing stuff all around and well-deserved by an amazing upstanding Iowa, former Iowa football player, the late Duke Slater. So awesome stuff there. Uh, Joey's camp officially declared for the NBA draft. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit um, when we listened to Fran McCaffrey. Joey's camp was expected to declare for the NBA draft. Fran McCaffrey all but said he'd already declared. And then Joe put out a statement basically saying the exact same thing that he declared for the NBA draft, but he was leaving his eligibility open. So he did have the opportunity to return. It's exactly what we expected all along. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of feedback he is currently getting. Um, I've been trying, I'll try, start scouring mock drafts a bit more. I actually did see one mock draft the other day for the NBA, and it actually had Luca Garza at the back end of the first round. So now we'll start, we'll start getting a little bit more in, de- in depth with these NBA mock drafts and kind of seeing where Luca is projected, where Joe is projected by all the major outlets, and maybe get a few draft junkies on here to talk about Luca and Joey's camp and, you know, what their chances are being drafted and where. So awesome stuff there. Um, hopefully Joe, Joe W gets what he wants to, right? I would love to see him come back to Iowa, but if going pro is the best decision for him, um, I think he has a good spot in the NBA, a guy who can shoot phenomenally like him and play a solid defense. Joe W has a spot Joe Wieskamp has a spot in the NBA. And also Luca Garza. Um, it's awesome to start seeing him get some first-round love. You'd love to see that, especially for a guy who's worked as hard as he has. Also, that one-time free transfer rule was officially 
approved. So I know we've been – the NCAA transfer portal was – basically was acting as if that rule was going to be approved, and it finally did get officially approved. What that means, you have a free one transfer um, in your collegiate career, allowing you to go to any school basically. Um, you know, most conferences are banning – are eliminating the no interconference transfer rule. So basically you can go anywhere to any school and leave without penalty one time. Um, I personally think this is a fantastic idea. Um, I know there's certain media personalities, Dick Vitale, for example, who doesn't think that this is good for college basketball, but I think it's perfectly fine as, as a college athlete. And I know Fran McCaffrey also doesn't agree with this. I understand he doesn't agree with it from the standpoint of he just doesn't like constructing his roster that way. And he also doesn't like the standpoint of when things get tough, just leave, right? Or um, how it's really creating a mess in college basketball with so many people transferring. And he has, you know, he has that history of being at Siena and the fact that if they had people transfer every time they did something well, it'd be really tough for him to build a sustainable and winning program, which I think is definitely something fair. One free transfer, though, is not the end of the world. And I think the best part about it is for college athletes, who knows if they actually get to the right spot. Right? They might sign with a the coach. They go there and they're like, this just isn't for me. I don't like this style. Everything I was promised was, was not true. I've had that in the professional world. I can leave whenever I want. Why can't they go at least once? After that, I do believe if you're transferring two, three, four times, you have to start looking at why you're transferring and, and really start to dig into that because I think one time makes sense. Two times you can get by with, you know, Bakari Evelyn did that transferring, I believe, from Nebraska to Valparaiso to Iowa. But there's certain guys like, uh, you know, Jalen Coleman lands of Iowa State who – is on his fourth potential school and will be playing basketball for seven seasons. Started at, started out at Illinois, went to DePaul, went to Iowa State, and is now leaving Iowa State. I mean, to me, that's, that's getting a bit ridiculous, in my opinion. But one free transfer, I think, is phenomenal for the student-athlete. Um, I Honestly, again, I'm okay with two even, but one at least gives you an opportunity. If you made a mistake, you're allowed to leave. If you do feel like you're not getting the exposure you need. You're allowed to leave, right? That that gives you that opportunity, the the one get out of jail free card. Um, and then if they do want to transfer again later on, they can they can you know spend that year sitting out, but they at least have that opportunity to sit once um, for free. And then you also got to think about the grad transfer rule. You would still be able, I believe, you would still be able to have the grad transfer rule. So if you transfer once during undergrad and then do the grad transfer rule, that would be that too you know, two, two transfers and without having any penalties. So um, I, I like the direction the NCAA is going, giving more freedom and privileges to the student athlete that is making them all this money. Um, again, we're seeing kind of the, the frustrations from Fran on how that is all being handled. But I do ultimately think this is in the best interest for the players. Also, I think the way Fran McCaffrey recruits players and the type of player he, he recruits, I don't think this is going to be as big of an issue for Iowa as it is for other programs. Um, Iowa is recruiting guys. He, you know, Fran is very honest with them, telling them who's in front of them and, and when they'll be getting some playing times. They're, they're not coming in with unrealistic expectations. And I personally do think Fran is a fantastic coach and a phenomenal players coach. So um, good things all around. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into our positional previews. Finally wrapping that up. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football and college basketball might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. 
BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. You get a free account and a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKED ON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Now, let's get into our final positional previews. We have the defensive line. We also have the specialist. We've been meaning to wrap this up for quite some time, and we just have not had that opportunity to. So we're going to do that on today's show. And if we get an opportunity to at the end, if we have some time, we'll talk a little bit more about some draft talk. We saw Dane Brugler's draft come out. So um, if you did forget, though, with our positional previews, we like to kind of go through who's going to be starting for those spots, who's going to be in the rotation, give it a grade, a breakout player, and a sleeper to watch. So that's all going to be for our positional previews, both defensive line and the kickers, punters, long snappers, and return men. So that's all coming up now. So we did talk a little bit about defensive line because we, you know, Jay Neiman spoke to the media. He gave us some insight. So that gives us a better opportunity to really um, tell you kind of what we expect to happen. Right now, it sounds like there is a clear starting three. I would say there's probably probably know exactly who's going to be the starting four going into um, the first game. And then the rotation is going to be really, really where it differs. But right now, it looks like John Wagoner, Noah Shannon, Y.A. Black, and Zach Van Valkenburg are going to be the starters. Why I say that, Zach Van Valkenburg was a starter last year. He's the only returning starter. He was second team all Big Ten, had three and a half sacks and four fumble recoveries. He was always around the ball. And what's more impressive is the fact that from the Iowa football team, from the coaches, they're saying Zach is working as if he never accomplished anything. He's the hardest worker on that defensive line. So I have no doubt in my mind he'll be there um, starting that first game. At the other end position, it sounds like John Wagner. So it was asked, you know, who has been the most impressive or most consistent guys on that defensive line. Zach was number one. John was number two. And John was a guy that Jay even said, you know, this is the guy who just finally has that opportunity in front of him. He's had so many people stuck in front of him that he's been unable to get as much playing time, but he can play inside. He can play out. He can stop the run. He can, you know, rush the passer. So uh, to me, John Wagner is a guy who is going to be that starter and should be. It sounds like he has all the potential in the world. Um, Despite only having one sack to his name again, he was a big time recruit coming into Iowa and he's had 14 games of overall experience. And I think he's ready to take that next step. He's just been stuck behind so many outstanding defensive linemen. At the tackle spots, Noah Shannon. Um, this It's funny that I actually ha- I put my notes together before we went through some of those press conferences, and I actually have my notes. Is is this this year's Davian Nixon? He's a little bit smaller, but he's shown the ability to rush the passer. He's been rotating in and out for the last two years. That was my first note about Noah Shannon coming into these positional previews, and that was actually asked during the media days, you know, can Noah have a breakout season like Davian? I think when you look at what Davian did, um, it's, it is unfair to compare Noah to Davian, but I think it's 
it's understandable why we are doing it. They have a similar background coming into this game. The fact they had rotational you know, snaps, they've gotten pressure on the quarterback. Not exactly huge from a defensive tackle perspective, um, but able, again, to put that pressure on the interior. And David Nixon, a one-year starter, came out of nowhere. Noah Shannon, everything we've heard is that he's a very athletic player who can make some plays from that defensive tackle spot. So Noah Shannon, to me, is that starting tackle on the one side. And on the other side, it seems like it's really kind of a, a battle between Logan Jones, Ethan Herger, and Y.A. Black. But I do think Y.A. Black is the guy here. Last year got playing time, four games. Um, he was a bit undersized last year um, for playing the inside spot. But he's up to 300 pounds, and this is the guy with big-time hopes as well. Could be a two-, three-year starter at that defensive tackle position. So that's my thoughts. He is definitely going to be that starting tackle. That's the one I'm probably the least sure of. But also, when you listen and read the tea leaves, what Jay Neiman has been saying, I don't see a way where Y.A. Black is not the starting tackle at that spot. So to me, that's your starters. But as you all know, with the Iowa football team and the defensive line specifically, they do a lot of rotation. So they rotate guys in and out throughout the series, but also they have some special packages like the NASCAR packages, um, an opportunity to really um, go after the quarterback. In that NASCAR package, I think what we're going to find, we've seen this in the past, where A.J. Panezza slid inside. We've seen Chauncey Golson who can slide inside. But with that NASCAR package, what I think is actually going to happen this year is you have John Wagner, you can slide him inside, potentially. You have Joe Evans then that slides into that defensive end spot. If you really want to get a bit crazy and have a little bit more athleticism and uh, the defense is not really knowing what's going on, you can slide Zach Van Valkenburg also on the inside. And you have Deontay Craig on the outside, um, a guy who the you know the coaches have said is, is bad, better at rushing the passer, still needs to improve at his rush defense. So um, Deontay Craig is a guy who's also been kind of showing out of practice, could get some opportunities in that, that NASCAR package. Again, for, as far as rotation goes, the main guys we've heard about going into tomorrow's you know, open practice is Ethan Herkett. We've heard a little bit about Logan Lee, a lot about Logan Jones. Chris Reams' name has even come up a couple times, the Van Meter product. But to me, that's starting to you're starting to see what that defensive line is going to look like, what that rotation is going to look like. Um, you also have to, you know, you got to talk about Joe Evans. He's a guy who I think if he could defend the run a bit better, would be starting. But he is more of a pass rush specialist, a guy who I don't know if he has an NFL future, but if he were going to the, go to the NFL, it would have to be in some sort of 3-4 outside rush linebacker spot um, because of his athleticism. We've seen him drop back in zone, a former quarterback. I mean, this guy this guy can play um, that 3-4 outside linebacker rush position pretty well. And Iowa's defense is not as perfect for a three-down player, but ultimately does work for Iowa's purposes. So what does that mean from a grade perspective? When I look at this defensive line, you know, one of the things, you know, when you talk, when you listen to Phil Parker, last year we were concerned about the linebacker spot. Phil Parker said, I'm not concerned at all. This linebacker spot is ready to go. And he was right. This year, the defensive line is the concern. And he's not concerned at all about it. He has not mentioned a single bit of concern, despite the fact that Iowa only returns five sacks from last year's team. But again, a lot of young guys. We've seen a lot of guys leave the program to go to the NFL. And I don't believe we're in a position to actually see that happen this year, which is phenomenal because this defensive line has a very high ceiling and they're going to have a little bit more time to play with each other. Zach Van Valkenburg, the only guy who is likely gone unless we see a 
phenomenal breakout season from John Wagner or Noah Shannon, similar to Davian Nixon. But ultimately, the concerns here is lack of experience in certain spots. I think you have to be concerned anytime you are bringing in three new guys into the starting lineup, despite they, you know, despite them having some, you know, experience within the game. So lack of lack of experience is a big issue for me. Um, I think a pro for these guys that Iowa does rotate a lot of these guys in and out. They've gotten playing time before, but I don't think you could possibly go into the football season or the spring, you know, first spring practice and say I was anything but a C plus for the defensive line. I, I mean, they have, they have an A plus ceiling. They have probably a C minus floor and I give them a C plus simply because they do have some solid guys, but there just is not a lot of experience there. My breakout player is Noah Shannon. I've really liked what I've seen, what I've seen from him from a pass rush perspective. So I think he could be a guy who breaks out, gets four or five sacks this year. My sleeper pick is John Wagner. I think people are kind of sleeping on him simply because he's a guy who came in with very high expectations, but got crowded in a very strong defensive line room. And we haven't heard much of his name, but he's worked his butt off. He's now in a position to take a starting spot. He has prototypical size, and he can defend the run and rush the passer. So that is my sleeper pick for the defensive line. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into the specialist. Also, let me know what your thoughts are on that defensive line. I actually was on Locked On Big Ten with Ben Ten Big Ten Ben Stevens yesterday, or actually on today's show when it's dropping. And uh, my he asked me what was the the biggest concern on the defensive side of the ball. And I said defensive line, but I also made the caveat that that defense is so rock solid across the board. You know, the special, the, the second teams, the linebackers or sorry, the, the secondary, the linebackers all solid. Um, so it's hard not to pinpoint the defensive line and say that's a weakness, but I do think this defensive line could be good enough to continue to keep Phil Parker's defense in that top 10 arena for defense. So coming up on segment number three, though, we're going to get into the specialist. If we have any time, we'll go through a quick mock draft that we saw from Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Before we do that, though, you know I have to tell you about Built Bars because Built Bars are the best tasting protein bar on the market today. They are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they come in so many phenomenal flavors. They got a lot of sweet type of flavors, so mint brownie, salted caramel. They also have some fruity flavors like cherry barcia, carrot cake, and lemon almond cheesecake if that's what you're into you can go to builtbar.com and check out all the flavors they have and believe me i've tried probably 10 or 11 and they are truly amazing all these bars are covered in 100 chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew but let me tell you the best part so we know how delicious these are i've been talking that up for a while but these are also so healthy for you they are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for the keto diet for a man or a woman one of my favorite flavors is cookies and creams, 17 grams of protein and 130 calorie bar, four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Why wouldn't you take advantage of this awesome, awesome protein bar? If you're into you know, working out or just want a midday snack that's healthy for you, Built Bar is where it's at. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Now, 
Let's wrap up our final positional preview with the specialists. And I would say the specialists are the area where I have the, probably almost the least amount of concern out of all positions. When you look at kicker, Caleb Shudok, everything we've heard is that he would have been the start. He's the, he would be the starter on most Division I teams at kicker. But unfortunately, he was stuck behind Keith Duncan, All-American. Should have been the you know Lou Groza Award winner, Keith Duncan. But Caleb Shudok was in there. They were neck and neck competing throughout the tenure of the, tenure of the last couple of years. Caleb's leg is noticeably stronger. There's a reason why he would come in for long field goal attempts over Keith Duncan. There's a reason why he was the kickoff specialist. Now, that being said, he's only attempted one field goal and one point after attempt, and he missed that field goal. Granted, again, that was a long one. So that is your only concern is what's he going to do when he actually gets in the game? He hasn't had a lot of real pressure on him to kick field goals, to kick extra points. Now, again, he's been on the field kicking off the ball, but that'll be the one question mark we have. But from everything we hear, Caleb Shudok should have uh, no problem replacing the great Keith Duncan and continuing that legacy of phenomenal kickers at the University of Iowa. Um, you know, LeVar Woods even said, and we talked about this on the show yesterday, LeVar Woods even said just how great of a person Caleb is and how happy he is that Caleb stayed with the Iowa Hawkeye football program for a sixth year. Going into the long snapper role, we have Austin Spiewak returning. Um, you know, Iowa has... I would say it's kind of interesting. Iowa, to me, is probably long snapper U, or at least they're one of the top five teams. They continue to produce solid long snappers, guys who do have opportunities in the NFL. Um, so to me, that's really great to see. But Austin Spiewak returning for six years is definitely helpful for Iowa. Um, having a guy who can put the ball on the money is incredibly helpful. I've, I've spoken with Casey Creeder, uh, former Iowa football player, now the New York Giants long snapper, and I didn't realize the technicalities that go into snapping the ball correctly and how big of an impact that can have on both your kicker and your punter. And speaking of punter, of course, Tory Taylor is back. He will win a Ray Guy Award. And what I've learned over the last week is that Tory Taylor knew less about American football than even I realized. He knew less about how good of the things he was doing was than I even realized. Um, and he knows what he needs to improve on. So that was a guy just being incredibly athletic and understanding rugby and being able to translate that into American football. How does he continue to improve his punting game? Sounds like it's spiral punts. Sounds like it's punting from a pocket. Um, and then just in general, learning some of the, you know, the American rules and continuing to improve his directional punting, which from all accounts sounds like has been truly amazing. Tory Taylor honestly could win the Ray guy this year, in my opinion. I, I think that's truly the case um, with another year under his belt of, you know, some American punting techniques to combine with his already fantastic rugby style punting techniques. Tory Taylor should win the Ray guy in a few years, if not this year right now, as far as returners go, um, it's a bit difficult. It sounds like Charlie Jones is working at both returner spots. Um, you know, LeVar Woods has talked a little bit about, you know, just wanting to make sure that you get guys that are good with the ball in their hands on the field. Max Cooper has been mentioned several times. We've heard Xavier Williams' name as well as a guy to watch out for. Uh, so that's something that, you know, Xavier Williams could be a big impact return guy on that kick return. You could see Tyler Goodson. You could see Arlen Bruce or Keegan Johnson also get in the mix there as well. Um, the fact that we saw Charlie Jones break out last year, though, 
gets me very excited to watch him in punt returns and potentially in kickoff returns as well, especially when he said he doesn't have a lot of experience in returning punts. So the fact that that was, again, not having a lot of experience uh, gets me even more excited with another year under his belt. But I think Xavier Williams, the big guy to watch out for, if he can make you know make some ground in that kickoff return spot, um, did a great job there at Northern Iowa returning kicks. So I think he could be a really big guy to watch. And Xavier Williams is actually my sleeper pick. My breakout player is Caleb Shudok just because I think he's going to bust out on the scene and get an all Big Ten kicker spot um, once we see what he can do. So that's pretty much it. That is that is a specialist preview. I don't know how you don't give this specialist group a A. When you have a Ray Guy award winner, you have a guy who was neck and neck with a Lou Groza award winner. You have a long snapper who's had several years of experience. You have Charlie Jones who bust out on the scene and could return any punt any time. And then you have additional guys who are dynamic with the ball in their hands to replace Amir Smith-Marset. I don't know how you don't give this group an A. So the specialist group getting one of the highest grades of the the spring positional previews by me at the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm excited to see what happens, though, in spring practice tomorrow. We'll give you some breakdowns of that on Monday's episode. If you are going there, remember to socially distance, be safe, have fun, and enjoy the first football you've seen in Kinnick in over a year. So exciting for all of you out there. And real quick, I'm going to run through this mock draft from Dane Brugler. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for Monday. We're going to talk about the mock draft with Dane Brugler on Monday and go through some of the other new mock drafts that we've seen. So again, that will actually do it for our show. Have fun at Kinnick if you are going tomorrow. Um, Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please make sure to follow us wherever you downloaded or got this episode at. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a fantastic Friday. Have an even better weekend, Hawkeye Nation. And as always, let's go Hawks.